This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, Nathan here. Just before we get into today's episode, we've been given some information that Johnny Smith, formerly of Wrexham and you know a favourite of Joey Jones back in the day, Johnny Bale was his nickname uh, for Joey and others at the club, he has turned down a contract at Burton Albion and is available as a free agent this summer. According to our information, he's got interest from multiple League One clubs and is going to explore you know, the offers made available to him. Will Wrexham be one of those? We shall see and one to get into in the coming weeks. But keep an eye on it, Johnny Smith, as we first broke that story on Twitter at Rob Ryan Red. But without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views news and interviews from around the race course now if you're new around here make sure to subscribe but enough of that let's get on with the show Hello, Kroisar. Thank you for joining us on Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. And speaking of Red 10, it's been a week of high stakes and huge losses, and that's just the National League playoffs. On today's episode, we'll bring you up to date with all the Wrexham news, take a look at the business we could do this summer, and bring you all the details of what happened in Vegas. Naif, how are you doing? I'm fine actually. I was I've I've kind of been playing on repeat uh, a song by Wrexham's own Neck Deep. So if anyone's into that kind of music, they've released a new song. That was uh, that was kind of my jam going into work this morning. How are you doing? Is the question because you're about to leave me, uh, not for good, but for a couple of weeks. You're jetting off to Japan. Are you excited? I'm very excited. Yes, yeah, sayonara to the podcast for two weeks. Um, <laughs> challenge for you, isn't it? I mean, when you were away in New York, I managed to get Sean Harvey on the podcast. So let's see what you can pull out of the bag, eh? Let's see. Maybe. I'm, let's see. I, I, fa- I fancy myself to pull some good out of the bag. But no, are you excited? You know, Japan, I, I was there, wasn't I, earlier in the year for the Grand Prix. It'll be good. And you, you can kind of spread the word about Wrexham. Yeah, exactly. Like I said on last week's podcast, I'm going to be like a missionary. I'm just going to be teaching the works of Parkinson and Mullin, Palmer, Toza, teaching the Japanese how to take a long throw. I mean, I'm going to watch, I think, Kyoto versus Osaka this weekend, watching nice. Shinji, Shinji Kagawa play for Cerezo Osaka. And I'm going to see if they're up to the standard. Maybe do some scouting for Wrexham, see if we want to br- branch out to, to the Japanese leagues. And oh. yeah, it should, it should be fantastic. Thank you very much. And just be nice. I mean, I'm not even sure I'll know what happens in the playoff final this weekend. Let's touch on that now. It's going to be not so as a Chesterfield. I think they both deserved to get through in the end, but God, they were very good semi-finals, both of them. And I was watching both of those matches thinking, I'm so glad we end up in the in the playoffs because I know you can say we're different this year and we still would have gone up regardless. But my words, those not and Chesterfield fans must have been on the edge of their seats because even as a neutral, it was so exciting and, and tough to watch. Yeah, I mean, they they it's amazing that when you're 
not involved because normally either we've been eliminated or we're in it and therefore it's very nerve-wracking anyway and we, we, we may not get through or we miss out entirely and you're watching on you know green with envy so in this in this instance it was it was amazing to watch um you know i really thought Notts county were all over um boreham woods i thought boreham Wood did well and and love or whatever his name is he scored against us brilliant goal um for him and it, it was just i mean yeah you, you can't I, I don't begrudge anyone that that drama at the end that, not necessarily sure about a pitch invasion for a semi-final um but you know what a finish that was jody jones and uh, and the chesterfield one was bizarre rich because i thought when bromley went down to 10 men I, I thought you know what bromley were very good against woking but i thought 10 men against chesterfield i'm a big fan of liam mandeville in midfield i just thought that, that, that they were cooked basically but again classic vanaram it's it's an unbelievable league and in a weird way in a kind of sadistic sort of way i'm gonna miss i'm gonna miss it a little bit i've i I mean, I'm not sure I'll miss it, but I def- I'll definitely look like keep an eye on it and watch it in a way that previously I probably wouldn't. I think in the last few years, in particular, I've have got a real respect and and yeah, I mean, people like Luke Garrard at, at Boreham Wood, I'm like, he needs to be in the football league. He is a brilliant manager in an alternative universe. He he could have been a good Wrexham manager. I, I think that ship has sailed now. It might it might not happen. Certainly not in the near future, but. Yeah, just it's it's just like you said, fun that we can actually just watch this as neutrals, and I won't be having to worry about trying to find a bar in Osaka at midnight this Saturday to to watch the playoff final, which I'm delighted about. I can enjoy the holiday. And speaking of people who've enjoyed their holiday, the pre-season or the post-season rather promotion party in Vegas. Um, the details that we've seen anyway, it looked like a bloody good laugh. Um, I'm sure there's lots of other stuff that hasn't been uh, made public and I don't want it ever to be. They need to sort of keep it contained. I'm glad they've had this this celebration as a as a group, really. And we've seen Rob and Caitlin have been there. There's been others as well who've who've joined in. They've met so many A-list celebs as well. It's just been brilliant, hasn't it, Nath? And again, another endorsement of why would you not want to join Wrexham? Right, I mean, it's the it's the perfect selling package. But ultimately, as good as that is, as you say, you won't be able to join Wrexham for the football and to be competitive and to play. But you know everything that comes with it. I know Ryan Reynolds was joking that he uh, was he was he planning next season a trip to the Faroe Islands or something, a meditation retreat. I think he was saying there were some great stories that came out of Vegas. The ones we saw, you know, they went to all these different clubs. They they were in the DJ booth with Steve Aoki and you know a huge DJ name, and he, he was talking about. Let's give it a cheer for Wrexham. Almost every nightclub they went into, I think it was Hakkasan nightclub, the first one they went into, and Omnia, and all these different big clubs, MGM Grand, Caesars Palace. They had um, girls, you know, the the drinks girls, shot girls, all with these cards, Wrexham, spelling out Wrexham, and pool parties, they were in VIP. But actually, I've got two stories, Rich, that didn't get much kind of... Um, airtime i guess in, in in one sense but it was one a guy, a guy called tom tweeted this so he was on a flight to obviously they went to san francisco first and then on to vegas and tom put first of kate's his wife's 60th birthday presents on the plane from san fran to vegas and who should we run into the rex squad apparently the deadpool hollywood hero paid for a celebrity team trip to the strip um and the indomitable max cloth was sat in our row and gave me the inside lowdown on on the fantastic season what a nice young man uh talking about two of his favourite games. So that was good. Max was um, sat next to a couple and was giving them the lowdown. And apparently uh, Tom here was um, giving Max a little bit of stick to some of the other players when they got off. And here is another absolute belter of a story. I don't think anyone, other, it's the post on Instagram, Rich, has got 19 likes. 
one of which is me, one of which is Ryan Reynolds, so uh, in esteemed company. But it's uh, Dara, and she's written, first time in Vegas, did not disappoint. Shout out to the Wrexham player, sorry, I don't know who you are, on the skywalk between the Bellagio and Caesar's Palace, that felt the need to strip, and his teammate who told me to put his jersey on. Thanks for the souvenir I could never have bought. As a former player, coach, and forever lover of the game, fate couldn't have handed you someone more appreciative. So I thought, what the hell's happened here? There's a picture of Dara in one of those follow Will, you know, Kings of Leon um, jerseys, merchandise type thing that we don't seem to have been able to buy at the minute. So I asked for some more details. I thought, what's, what's going on here? And uh, she thought, I thought the team were group for a bachelor party and, um, you know, they were following the groom. It wasn't until the morning that I had the chance to study the jersey I'd been given and recognise the Wrexham crest. Still thought it was a bachelor party and they were just Wrexham fans. Um, asked her husband and it turns out that it was one of the players and I asked who the player was she says I've not a clue Vegas at 1am and the chance that a good chance none of us knew our own names so they had fun um, lots of although did you see Jordan Davis's sunburn because I think Caitlin Olsen tried to apply some sun cream too little too late I'm afraid yeah I saw her having the sort of maternal instinct on the whole squad and trying to look after them and uh, you know it just looked brilliant didn't it and it I, like I said I I always dream of playing for Wrexham, but I bloody would have loved to play for Wrexham. I had that as a promotion party as well because Rich, it looked what, what incredible. Shape, what shape Rob Maxin as well. Oh, Unbelievable. He's so chiselled. He is. I mean, yeah. He, I mean, he looks like one of the players, doesn't he? I mean, <laughs> fair play, like Rob. That is incredible. And yeah, it just looked brilliant. And that, you know, it's difficult, isn't it? Because on one aspect, you know, we've, we've been putting stuff out on the Rob Brown Reddit account this week as well and it's good to have this insight and to be able to, to see what they're doing and to see them so happy and having this huge celebration for the work they've done. But it is also important that they've had it as that group for them to celebrate together, maybe even sort of away from Wales, away from Wrexham for a week. And I know it's been st- still very intense. Ugh, you know, Wrexham's been plastered all over the place, but just for them to have some downtime, some as a group of lads, you know, who've got through this, who've had this remarkable, grueling season, a record-breaking season. It's not just that we've got promoted. We've done it with 111 points. One, one, one. Don't one. take, don't take those 10 points off us. And it's just, it's incredible. And I'm just glad that they've had it. And yeah, it was nice. And Rich, and also the coaches, they're away this week in Portugal for a spot of golf. I said to you the other day, I've... Uh... Actually, yeah, I've never if, played. I wonder I've if Steve Clarkson was taking his Wrexham top off at 1am and giving it to uh, someone else on the oh, golf oh, hall. Villamore or somewhere in Portugal? I, um, not, I, I'm going to say it's unlikely, but I was saying I've never actually played a round of golf in my life. Uh, are you are you a golfer? Are you, are you kind of one, of one for these European golf trips? Crazy golf and I'm all out, to be honest. I, <laughs> I've, I've never, I was never, never grew up in a golfing environment. So that said, I would love to, I'd love to play golf someday and get into it, but I just don't have that gateway into it now. So we should we wait for the Rob Ryan Red Invitational in, in however many years that is? Um, but I've never... Are you even good at crazy golf? Because I'm not even very good at that, so I'm quite worried that a full I'm driving range... I'm bad at all sort of... I'm bad at all fun sports, I'd say. Bowling, I'm dreadful at. Darts, I'm right. dreadful at. I mean, darts, I know, is more of a sport maybe than bowling. I don't want to get into the semantics here and cause... Right, I'm upset to people yeah. who love some of these sports. But yeah, for me... I'm just, yeah, I suck at mini golfer. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm absolute crap at proper golf as well. So, Rich, so we've had the players away. We've now had the coaches away this week. So, I mean, what do you think? Retain list next week, end of the week? You'd imagine it's uh, it's going to be a few days away. Yeah, it'll be imminent. And I think they'll also be mindful of when it drops because you don't want it to be like, the players are back from Vegas, here's the ones who are leaving us. Um, you know, we did, 
we tweeted those graphics a few weeks ago now on Rob Brian Red where you did the the sort of the lowdown of the players who were in contract and out of contract anyway and I think that it's going to be a pretty self-explanatory retained list. Do you do you agree with that one? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, look, there might be deals offered to Howard, McAlinden maybe, um, but I think there is something like a 22 cap limit on the squad. So, you know, that there is going to be change. I think there are going to and be... And there's homegrown rules as well in the right. football league. So, so there's, should, there we are, bring, yeah. should we bring everyone up to date then with what, what's happening then um, in terms of who's out of contract and not this, this summer? Yeah. Go through it again. So in terms of goalkeepers, Rob Layton is the only one with a contract beyond this summer. So Kai Calderbank Park, Rory Watson, Ben Foster, Mark Howard, all out of contract June 2023. In defence, Harry Lennon out of contract this summer, Reese Hall Johnson out of contract this summer. Everyone else is retained for at least another year, some of them for two years. Midfield, the only player out of contract is Liam McAlinden. Again, you've got a couple. You've got Luke Young and James Jones for another year. Everyone else is on until 2025. And up front, you've got Jake Hyde as the only player who's out of contract. So to run that through, the, the players who are out of contract, Jake Hyde, Liam McAlinden, Harry Lennon, Reese Hall-Johnson, and all the keepers bar Rob Layton. I'd be surprised if any of the outfield players got new deals. Yeah, I mean, Jake Hyde was in an elephant sanctuary somewhere in East, I think probably Thailand, somewhere like that, and it very much enjoying himself. But he, you know, almost certain to not get a new deal. McAlinden, all of those you named there, called about Park, Rory Watson, McAlinden, they were all smiles in Las Vegas. Now, do they know? Did they know already whether they've got their contract? Probably not. Um, Parky referenced meetings going on this week with players. We'll see. I, I would be surprised if any of those, probably if Foster gets a new deal, I wouldn't be surprised because I think they desperately want him to take it. And if he decides not to, that wouldn't surprise me either way. I think everybody else would surprise me if they got a new deal personally. Yeah, I think like, you know, I mean, no offence, but we've got to be aiming very high this summer. Any addition we buy, not even League 2 quality, they've got to be League 1 or Championship quality for me. And I just don't see the point of keeping anyone who isn't going to be part of us going forward into League 1, really. You know, we've got to look that far ahead. It's not about who can do a job in League 2, it's who can do a job beyond that. I think our recruitment will be defined by that and I think in terms of squad retention as well. I mean, we've got the nucleus there of a very competitive team for next season and we'll get onto it towards the end of the podcast as well of of the players that, that the supporters want to see us sign. I'm not sure they're all going to happen, sorry. We did ask you for <laughs> for those on socials this this week and again, another plug for Rob Ryan Red and Rob Ryan, robryanred.com and we have got some emails as well that we'll get to it at some point, maybe in the weeks ahead. Nate, if you'll do that and again, writing opportunities if you want to write for the website get in touch the contact page or email us because we'd like to put some more content out on on the website so if you want to write about Wrexham got anything on your mind you want to be regular contributor or just a one-off article then just let us know we'll get back to you at some point now that the season's died down and yeah, we'll be delighted to to be able to share you that Rich we got a lot of responses actually to our end of season awards a couple of shouts for your James Jones goal versus Ultram. Um there was another guy called Rich who said that so I don't know whether you've just got uh, a gang of riches uh, agreeing with you there. But we did get lots of responses um, to that. So everyone who replied to that, um, I know I interacted with quite a few, but thank you very much. As, as always, if you haven't seen that, robrunred.com. Uh, and you can see all our awards. Young Player of the Year, lots of shouts for Tom O'Connor, couple for Ryan Barnett, um, and I went for Sam Dolby. And you can see all of our reasoning on there for best away day, worst away day, moment of the season, loads of good stuff. And I'm sure soon enough we're going to get the... Uh, official club awards. I don't know whether there's going to be a glitzy do, 
But uh, anyway, I hope the trophies are nice. I hope they're not the kind of ones that I was getting at Clubman of the Year many, many moons ago. So we'll see. But yeah, robryanred.com and you can see lots and lots of different stuff. And you can also see, if you haven't already, I know lots of people have, every player we've used in non-league, all 274 of them. So go and quiz your friends and, and, and quiz your family on uh, on all the players Wrexham used. Make some names up as well if you want. See if you can sneak a few <laughs> in there and, and get done. I suppose as well... Um, in terms of looking forward to, to League 2 next season, we've also had confirmation of the teams who have been relegated from League 1, haven't we? So Wrexham know for a fact that we will be playing Milton Keynes, Accrington Stanley, Forest Green, and who's the other one? Morecambe. And Morecambe, isn't it? Yeah, so, I mean, logistically for me, Accrington is a dream because it's about nine minutes. You were buzzing. Morecambe, Doable as well. MK Dons has got to be a brilliant away day, isn't it? I think that will be... Yeah, managerless MK Dons. Sat their manager this morning, uh, all in disarray there. I've been to MK Dons once in the pandemic. It was a very empty stadium. It's a very nice stadium, I have to say. Um, That'll be a great away day. Direct train if it's running um, on the the train to London. Atkinson, I was thinking about you there because you got got the one you wanted. Morecambe are in complete disarray. I mean, we'll get onto it with our guests, but they are in for... A serious rebuild, and Forest Green, I would imagine, will will have a decent decent budget to to try and go straight back up. I've got to ask you this, Nate. I mean, I posed this in the Manchester Reds WhatsApp group, and again, massive shout out to the Manchester Reds. They've been, I think, most of them are still hungover to be honest, celebrating the the title. And again, I just want to say thank you to them for for such a good season, following the club, going to so many away days together. And I, I posed a question in their chat, asking that who's actually going to be our rivals next season potentially for promotional or for the title. Guy Walker said, no one. I love that as a response. But yeah, I'm sort of thinking Stockport, Bradford, you know, I think it depends on who doesn't go up from the playoffs. I think one or two of those teams will challenge us for a title. And you'd imagine MK Dons and Forest Green would be good odds to bounce back up as well. I I think those two, I think, I personally think Stockport will get out of the playoffs. Um, I think they'll win the playoffs. So I think those two, Bradford... And there's always a there's always a sleeper team. I think Mansfield, if they can pull it together under Nigel Clough, I know he signed a new deal. They had a sticky spell. They'll they'll be decent. That they're, they're it's a tough place to go. That and uh, I mean we've mentioned before, haven't we? That we've, we've got actual sort of historical rivalries with Tranmere, with Newport, right? Um, with Crewe as well. But in terms of, I, I sort of maybe tongue in cheek this the last two seasons we've had these forced rivalries of Stockport and Notts County that have come out of nowhere because it's the two biggest teams going head to head. Sure. I'm just trying to guess. I mean, every fan base has probably got haters anyway next season. Maybe not as much as they hate MK Dons. But, I was about to say, yeah. But, but who, which team do you think we've got to have this forced rivalry with? I can see Wrexham versus Bradford for some reason. I I think if Notts County come up, that'll be the one where... Because I think both of those teams, if they come up, I think both of those teams will have a real good good crack at the top seven. Um, I think I, I would be backing both of those to get top seven um, because I just think that they'll be able to keep some of their stars... We'll be obviously we'll definitely be able to keep ours, and we'll be able to add to that. Um, and I think look, the, it's an interesting one. I just think you want to get rid of Stockport if you're Wrexham this season. Not that you know we couldn't go and beat them next season, but get rid of them. I think yeah, Bradford will be an interesting one. Mark Hughes there. I, I, I'm sort of with Guy Walker though. Why why are we fearing anybody? Just go in there. We've got a great squad. Someone like Tom O'Connor can go rip the division up. As can Elliot Lee. Well, yeah, I mean, right up there again. Well, you know, we've, we've already got the best player in League Two. You know, we've right. we've got Tozer who got promoted from there. We've got Paul Muller as well. And like I said a few weeks ago, you know, this is a, the Wrexham team right now has 15 football league promotions in it. That's great. So 
yeah, why should we fear anyone? I suppose that's the new narrative of being a Wrexham fan, isn't it? That we don't fear Demon teams. like guy. That's what I'm going to say. Demon like, like guy. Get that well, that's a bit... That, well, what what did we see on a t-shirt down at Torquay? Be less like Dave or something? No, it, it's a Dave thing. I've got a picture of it, actually. It's, it's atrocious. Because <laughs> We didn't mention this at the time, but Torquay away, there were so many knockoff Wrexham shirts for sale. They were really making the most of a promotion party. I can't they? work out if I respect that or loathe that. Because um, I'm trying to catch it, yeah. in. You respect it, yeah. I mean, it shows that it was massive, that, doesn't it? That that was it, wasn't it? It's a Dave thing. Um, so any Daves that watched it, there was a T-shirt there and waiting for you, but it wasn't. It wasn't for us. Um, but yeah, that made, that made me laugh thinking about that. Nave, speaking of the League Two season then, this one won't affect us immediately, but the new Sky deal was announced uh, last week. A huge change for the way that football will be broadcasted in the UK. And yeah, Wrexham are going to be all over your TV screens if they aren't already. Yeah, it's, it is big news. Um, and look, there are still things to be ironed out. I, I sat through a, a kind of an address by uh, a member of Sky and executive at Sky and executive of the EFL and they were, they were asked questions of what will the streaming service look like because I follow it seems like for UK fans will will basically be be derelict it'll still be used for international fans but they're still ironing out what exactly the streaming platform looks like and again you've said it but I'm going to stress not for this isn't for the coming season so 2023 2024 you can find out all you need on how to follow whether you're international UK whatever you are wherever you are in the world you can find that robryanred.com on our homepage. There is that how to watch Wrexham. You get all the details there for the FA Cup, Papa John's Trophy, the League Cup, the League. You get all of that. Rich has, has, has done a brilliant guide there on how to do it. But looking at 24, 25, you know, we're talking a, a broadcast deal, Rich, worth 935 million. You know, a 50% increase in what they're getting in terms of the broadcasting games. So enhanced exposure. We've seen what Wrexham, what exposure has done for Wrexham in terms of the documentary the candidness of that, the community, and all these new fans that have been brought on board. So I think people have realised now that, look, League One and Two, if anything, leaving the National League, as things stand, is, you know, you're probably going to be on TV a lot less. You know, Sky do not broadcast that many uh, League One or Two games on the regular uh, until the kind of the clutch end of the season. So, you know, this new deal includes an agreement that there'll be more, more games, and also they're, they're stressing more spread on equal picks, and also... Um, once with this season's out of the way, basically at the start of next season, we're going to know games well in advance. So, you know, we were talking about Barnet, we were saying, this is a joke, you know, um, moved it to an early kickoff, fans now can't get there, they've already paid for their travel. Well, look, they're trying to say, look, with a new deal that's going to be coming into force, at the start of the season, you'll know exactly who's on TV and when, all the way from the start of the season to the FA Cup third round, which is in January. Now, that's huge, isn't it, Rich? You know, imagine being in August knowing that the games are set bar postponements obviously um so that is a big thing that the big big push there for fan groups so i credit all the fan groups for that but you're looking at you know in total over a thousand of the efl's 1891 games across efl efl cup uh, efl trophy but you know 328 championship games this is in the new deal 248 league one games 248 uh, league two games all 15 playoff matches 93 carabao cup games and all 127 Papa John's games. So basically, to boil it down, you're looking at it like this. So season after next, if Wrexham are in League 1 or League 2, 
you know, each league weekend will see 10 games, Rich, shown per weekend from the Football League. Five matches from the Championship and a combination of five from League One, League Two. Now, what that will mean is with Article 48, which we've said before is the blackout, I've written on this for my job and I said I'm in favour of scrapping the blackout. Now, this deal is preserving that and, and wants to keep a level of tradition with the blackout. So what that will mean is 10 games won't kick off at 3pm on a Saturday. Um, so there'll be slots at so 12.30. It does Sunday, safe, doesn't it? Like, Rex and fans are going to have to get used to not playing at Saturday 3pm beyond the season, that we're, the full coming season, from 2024 onwards. What I would say, what I would say, though, Rich, is that the in this deal, the word, and I've been reinforced this as well, speaking to people in the industry, is that they want an equal spread of teams. So I think the idea that I mean they Rex say that, every, but, but they say, sure. but sure. I mean, co- I mean, in my job covering like Man United, every single Man United cup ties on TV because they draw the biggest TV audiences, and in League One, League Two, there's not going to be many fan bases getting more attention than Rex of not true. Just, from Wrexham, but worldwide as well. True, true, but I would so. But Rich, I'd have to disagree and say that I would. I don't think there's ever been a pledge to say that we're going to give equal coverage to every team in the competition. That they they never shy away from the fact that Man United has a huge draw and they're always going to put them on TV. You know, this is written in black and white. If if it works out that Wrexham is always the on football a authorities would never we'll lie, would they? <laughs> we'll see. Well, you know, proof's in the pudding with that. We'll we'll, we'll see. Um, but the key will be in the UK. You know, for example, I'm not currently a Sky subscriber. I don't know about yourself, Rich, but I am not a Sky Sports subscriber. You know, games will be broadcast either on Sky, as we know, or via Sky Sports streaming. So, you know, as much as it's going to be I follow this season for midweek games in the UK or non 3 p.m. Saturday games, it seems like internationally, yes, but longer term in the UK, without a Sky Sports subscription, the EFL is going to become very difficult to follow. Um, but it's it is it is big news because it's it's increased exposure, more money going into the pot. You know, we've seen on the documentary, wasn't it, that if Wrexham could just get up, you know, you basically get a million from just dividend of of being in the football league, and and so this deal is, I think it's massive. And I saw some people kind of poo poo that when I put it on Twitter that I thought it was really big for the for the EFL, but it, it really is. You know, more more games. Yeah, I mean, more games. And if it is Wrexham uh, on at 12.30 every week or 5.30, then I don't know. That's that. Is that the price of success? I'm not sure. I suppose so. I mean, speaking of the price of success, I don't want to be too much of a misery here, but I would to... Let's go away on holiday. Come on, this is you're meant to be jolly, you're meant to be excited on the plane, watch that I, film. I was just saying, yeah. I went to watch Man United at Brighton last week, last week, and I went down to the Amex, and it was a good It was a really fun game. I love watching Brighton, and they, they won it right at the end, which, you know, it's quite sweet to, to see as well. But uh, what all I'm saying is what did worry me was just the sort of sanitised nature of the, the spectacles of Premier League game. I'm just hoping, and I'm confident it'll happen, but I'm just hoping that as Wrexham, you know, hopefully go up the leagues, that we don't lose our sort of identity. Because, you know, as soon as Brighton, what, before the match, there was a light show. Full-time, there was a light show. They just carried on playing Freed from Desire. They were playing Hey Jude. It was just the most sanitised... Like I'm not using the words family friendly in a bad way. You want it to be inclusive, but there was just nothing unique about the experience, really. And I was just, I'm just think it's a word of warning for Exmoor going forward. I don't want us to become just another sort of football team that plays the same songs, has the same music, and sort of sells out to to please the masses rather than keeping that hardcore demographic. We've got so many unique traditions and little quirks that make us such a special club. And all I'm saying is. 
go into sort of Brighton. I've been to so many Premier League grounds. You can't say you've got a special atmosphere and then play Hey Jude. It doesn't work. It's contradictory. Do you know what I mean? And it was just, I was just, I was just sort of face and thinking that. Misery guts over there. No, I was just saying that, like, I know we're aiming to get to the Premier League one day. I'm not sure I ever want us to actually get there. I'm, I'm quite oh. happy for us just to be a good football league team. I'm not sure I want I... us to be the sort of... Rich, talking of your trip to Brighton, I was very, I was on an early shift. I went to bed at nil-nil in the 94th minute. More for me because I thought, you know what? It's five minutes added time. It's 94-20 or whatever. I will go to sleep, nil-nil, no problem. And then I woke up and I... For a second, I thought I was dreaming or hallucinating about your Twitter feed, which is both alarming and terrifying um, when it was 1-0. So I hope you enjoyed your trip. It was very dramatic. Lots of dramatic games at the minute. Lots of... Um, lots of late rewrites. If you're a journalist, you'll, ne- you'll, you'll have lots of sympathy because whenever a late goal goes in, yes, it's fun for you watching, but it absolutely ruins the... Uh... Uh, uh, Rich, a couple of seasons ago, this is a very, this is a, a very much a tangent uh, behind the curtain for people who care about what we do as jobs. Um, I was regularly on Norwich, and Norwich just had a habit. I think it was under Daniel Farker, and um, they just had a habit of like they wouldn't really turn up until eighty-five minutes in, and uh, it was almost like you just didn't want to write anything um, because you knew they were going to score in the ninety-fourth, ninety-fifth minute. Um, but obviously, you know, you can't do that. And yeah, the amount of I can't repeat what I was saying when uh, these repeated ninety fourth minute goals were going in, but uh, all good fun in the end, Rich. And you had a was the hotel nice in Brighton? No. <laughs> no, uh, you know. On that note, let's just let's just uh, move on. Rich, then, uh, you are going away, and I know I'm going to have to get some guests on, so I thought, you know what, let's start this week. Let's try and get on a lot of questions Rich have been getting on email, on, on DM, on tweets. What can Rexham expect in League 2? What competition are we realistically going to be facing? We've been out of it for a long time, and so I thought I need to get the voice of the EFL, an authoritative figure, and I thought, who better than Gabriel Sutton? Gab Sutton, as he's known. Very popular in EFL circles, watches a hell of a lot of championship, League One and League Two. Big Birmingham City fan, and they've obviously got their own problems at the minute. But very, very knowledgeable on key players, teams, managers. And, and uh, you know, I thought he is absolutely ideal. I'm sure we'll get him on again before the season starts. But here is my chat with Gab about what Wrexham can expect. Is there any lessons to be learned from teams like Salford who have got the money and failed to invest it wisely? And I also ran by some of the players you gave us on Twitter. Would they be a good fit for Phil Parkinson's Wrexham? Gab, thank you so much for coming on. This is, a, a, I don't want to say a debut Wrexham podcast appearance, but maybe it is. Long time. Yeah, it, yeah. it is. Long time. We're saying, we're saying Wrexham in the football league. What, what's your memory of Wrexham then? Because you're an EFL follower. You tweet a lot about, uh, about Wrexham. Mm. Even. You might do a tweet a lot about Wrexham coming up, but you yeah. a lot about the EFL. What are the memories of Wrexham? Well, for me, I, it's only really one memory. Well, but one memory of watching Wrexham live because I'm a Birmingham City fan, and um, some supporters might remember this going to Birmingham in the League Cup in 06-07 and I think you took it to um, extra time. I think Llewellyn, if I'm not mistaken, Llewellyn might have scored 
um, a late equaliser or something. And then we ended up, I think Gary McSheffrey got a couple of goals in extra time and we won 4 1 that night. But at that time, there was this, there was almost, I think from Blues fans' perspective, there was almost a sense of applause for Wrexham fans because there was an, a knowledge of what the club had been going through or on off the field. And, you know, for, from my perspective, um, even going till now, up until the Robin Ryan takeover, it felt like the club has had 30, 40 years where you've got this, you know, big history within the football league, but you've had no, no real hope, lots of financial ruin, lots of ownership struggles. And so from my point of view, it's absolutely wonderful to see you as a fan base to actually have something to, to grab onto and to believe in once again. So really excited for you, mate. Yeah, and you, we were saying, well, I mean, I haven't said, but Birmingham City have got their own, one of these clubs have got their own ownership struggle, and I'm sure we'd yeah. love, you know, something as positive as, as Rob and Ryan. Hopefully you've got the, a takeover there coming. Uh, so fingers, fingers, crossed fingers, fingers crossed for you. But, you know, the quick, quick word on, on Rob and Ryan and the light they've shone on, obviously the National League, but, you know, we've seen already, and I know this isn't directly correlated to Wrexham, but a brand new EFL deal. I've seen you tweet about that. I've got my own thoughts. Sure. More EFL... Is, can only be a good thing, surely. Yeah, I think so. I think that um, I, I think that it's an ongoing sort of debate for for the EFL because ultimately, what we want is a really healthy, sustainable football league pyramid. Pyramid. I think I've seen Rob and Ryan speak about this in their interview that actually, more than anything, they want a sustainable football club. And I was so glad when they said that. And I think a lot of people who maybe look at it from the outside would probably be a little bit surprised at how they really have taken the club to their hearts and how they um, actually see the um, their sort of role as, um, I'm looking for the word here, um, cause, uh, gar- guardian, custodians of the football club. And I think that's, um, that's such an important thing across the board. And um, obviously the, the methods that have worked for a sustainable football pyramid in the past probably in the modern era aren't going to work because in the modern era you've got billions coming into the Premier League and I think if we rely on the same methods of history I think that the divide's only going to get further apart so to get international audiences like you know people from America who might be listening to this into lower league football um, I think that's a wonderful thing um, and I think it's going to make football more accessible of course there's no, repli- no substitute for actually being at the game live and being immersed in it and feeling it. But we want to get more people sort of following the magic of these lower leagues because they really are quite <clears throat> quite wonderful. These clubs really are the, the, the heart of their communities. And um, yeah, I'm great. It's great from, from my point of view that more people are seeing that. So what, here we go. Let's let's get into it. What are Wrexham expecting? You know, we, we are expecting as a fan base to be very competitive and to, to probably go for that top seven dare I say top three, you know, with the group sure. we've got, with the additions we'll make. What are Wrexham walking into in League Two? What kind of teams, what kind of competition are we looking at? Well, I think that um, in order to look at what Wrexham can expect from League Two, I think it's only fair to look at what previous um, previous teams promoted from the National League have done. Um, so Stockport County in their first season up they've managed to get a playoff spot they invested a fair bit on top of a squad that was um you know had this once Dave Garner took charge uh, last season they put together an incredible winning run um and they finished fourth this season which was a very good uh, very good return I think they'll, they'll sort of kick on um I suppose the other comparison that's sort of similar-ish excuse me to Wrexham in terms of 
um, the external investment would be Salford City, who, although they've got a playoff place this season, their first three years after winning promotion from the National League, they'd probably not quite been able to make that investment count. So I think there is something to be said for how smartly you invest and uh, bring in the right players. But from the way Rob and Ryan have spoken, I have a lot of confidence that they know what's required from an operational and recruitment perspective and not just the case of signing the most obvious players, even if um, your budget might allow you to do that at times. Yeah, one of the most interesting things is usually the teams that, that are dropping down I very much enjoyed, you know, you owning the fact on social media that you thought MK Dons would be, you know, would run away, <laughs> would run away with I said League 100 One. Hundred points, Nathan. <laughs> then they would run away with League One, and and a team did get that. Plymouth did get over a hundred points in winning League One, but you know, so we've had MK Dons come down, we've had Accrington Stanley come down, we've had Forest Green come down, and who is the other one that's escaped my mind here? Uh, Accrington, uh, uh, Morecambe, did you say? Morecambe and Morecambe have come down as well, you know. Those four teams obviously have had poor seasons. They've finished in the bottom four of League One. But, I mean, it's very early to say. Maybe we'll get you on nearer to the start of the season. But are there any teams that you think, you know what, they will be a tough out in League Two next season? They will be a, a strong side, a formidable side? Well, I think from those, um, Morecambe would be probably the one that I'd be most worried about right now because they've got some financial issues to address. So I imagine that the summer's going to, um, yeah, but more eyes going to be on off the field matters than than on it. Um, Accrington Stanley are going to have um, a, probably a bottom six, bottom eight budget in this league, but they've got John Coleman, who's absolutely worked wonders with them previously. You've got um, NK Dons, who I expect I'd expect to have one of the bigger budgets in the league, um, probably one of the biggest squads in the league as well. So they'll certainly expect a challenge. And then Forest Green Rovers, um, dismal season in terms of results on the pitch. Um, it was a bit of a chaotic season for them, which you don't really need in your first season coming up to this level. But they lost a lot of their key players. They lost their head coach, lost their sporting director. So all those things uh, were sort of made it difficult for them. But they've got an owner called Dale Vince, whose business is going quite well. So they're probably expecting to have a, a competitive budget next year. So of those, I would say that MK Dons and Forest Green Ravers will be in a position where they can spend big and probably expect to compete. Um, Accrington and Stanley might not necessarily expect to compete, but with John Coleman, they've always got that chance. And I think with Morecambe, they'd probably be one of the ones that might be um, a little bit vulnerable. Yeah, we've seen former Wrexham striker Cole Stockton among those released by Morecambe. Seems like a big rebuild there over the yeah. summer, as, as you mentioned. Um, and that is, you know, never great. Wrexham will be coming in with good momentum, a lot of players that they'll be want to keep. As you said, I mean, looking at some of those players that you would have seen before they arrived at Wrexham, you know, in terms of EFL talent, we've got Paul Mullen. Would mm-hmm. you expect, I mean, a lot of us do, I'm sure you do as well. He's going to be right up there again, you know, if he's fit, firing, in the goal-scoring charts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's done it, uh, I mean, 46 goals this season, it's just absolutely astonishing, isn't it? Um, and I think as much as National League to League 2 is a jump, I don't think it's anywhere near as big a jump as maybe League 2 to League 1 is where if, I think if you get promoted from League 2 to League 1, you're thinking every other game we're playing a, a giant, it's going to be incredible, you know, it's going to be difficult, we're going to try and get 50 points. Whereas I think if you get promoted out of the National League to League 2, especially with um, with your kind of investment, then you've obviously got, um, got higher ambitions. Uh, but yeah, in terms of Paul Mullin, 
I think he's absolutely going to be one of the top goal scorers at that level. And then Oli Palmer as well. Um, you've obviously seen the benefits of what he can do as a target man. That works for, you, for your style. Um, but also when he left Wimbledon in the second half of last season, they actually got relegated after that point. So um, having been sort of low mid-table beforehand. So that shows what an impact he had even at League One level. So I'd expect Palmer and Mullin to be two of the top strikers in League Two. So, you know, we know now, we know Mansfield that recording this on the Tuesday, on the Monday even, um, games have obviously finished today, league's finished. Mansfield, we know, are going to be one of the teams that are in. So that's 20 teams locked in. We know we've got the playoffs. We know we're going to get one of Notts County or Chesterfield coming up. So that'll be a big team that's going to have decent backing. You know, Notts County are very good. Chesterfield have got good budget behind them. Of the four that are in the playoffs, you know, we're talking playoffs will be at the weekend. It's Stockport. Salford, as you said, they're going to be playing each other. Carlisle and Bradford. If you're Wrexham, who would you most like to see gone? Is it Stockport? I I think Stockport uh, because I think if Stockport um, stay down, you might as well tick off one playoffs uh, top seven spot for next season. As it stands, I think they've got a very good chance of challenging promotion. Whereas um, I think Bradford haven't necessarily convinced me uh, so much this season, although they've got sort of danger men at both ends but I think if they were to lose Andy Cook and the goalkeeper Harry Lewis uh, we may come up to him later um, that would be a, that would be a big blow for him for uh, for, for them sorry um, and then you've got Salford City who I get the feeling they might have to make certain cutbacks next season from what I can gather if uh, if they don't go up this year um, so yeah I think Stockport would be the one from a Wrexham perspective that you'd rather you'd rather be out of the picture and we'd like Bradford as an away day. Bradford looks like great fun. Yeah, um, that's true. But, you know, nice ground. You know, Wrexham's squad, uh, we're looking at it, is is full of talented players who, you know, most of them will be retained, very few that we're expecting to be on this release list. But one of the key areas with a lot of out-of-contract players is goalkeepers. And we put a tweet out, you know, who would you like? And, and you know goalkeepers. With Wrexham's budget, you would say they'd be looking at League One, Dare I see even the bottom half of the championship? They're very ambitious in their targets they're going for. We've got Ben Foster. He may well stay on, but if I'm going to play the role of Phil Parkers and then you can play the role of Les Reed, and I'm going to look for you to scout me a goalkeeper. I'm going to look for I'm you to scout quick, me a Very quick aging process being on this podcast. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to make you very old, and but very wise, actually. Very wise in, 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 in scouting a target. What kind of goalkeepers? What are the what are the kind of players? We've had a couple. I'll, I'll throw a few out there, and you can maybe give me some others. But sure. Chris Max, Chris Maxwell is somebody that has an affinity to the football club, very popular with the fan base. Someone's looking at Jamie Cumming at MK Dons. They've seen him. Yes. They quite like him. Um, who else have we got here? Lucas Jensen at Accrington. Somebody mentioned and Lawrence Vigaru at Leighton mm-hmm. Orient. Obviously, most clean sheets in League Two. Harry sure. Lewis, as you mentioned, at Bradford. If if you were there and said, oh, I said, money's no object, Gab, you can go and get whoever you can in those leagues, who who would be a real, real coup for Wrexham? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Nathan, I, uh, about a month ago, I picked my league two team of the season and I picked Harry Lewis in instead of uh, Lawrence Vigaru because Harry Lewis, for me, has been absolutely crucial to Bradford City finishing in the playoffs. I don't think they would have got there. Without him, I think his distribution is really good. Fantastic shot stopper. Um, brilliant season. Uh, and especially considering, although he's 23, 24 at the moment, he's already had much EFL experience before this point. Um, so I think he's had a fantastic season. But when I put Harry Lewis in goals, I got loads of... I was 
inundated with tweets from late Orient fans who were furious that I'd left out uh, Lawrence Biggery. Uh, and then weird thing was I was actually at late in Orient's game when they won the title against Crew, and Richie Wells, <laughs> the manager, called me out on it. So not happy there. So uh, on that basis alone, I think it would almost infuriate the more if I'd said if I suggested uh, Lawrence Biggery on the Wrexham podcast. <laughs> Um, but I think, listen, I think he's had a fantastic season now. A lot of their fans think he's one of the best goalkeepers even outside the championship, let alone in League Two. But I think alternatively, I think Harry Lewis, if you could, uh, if he's within budget, uh, that would be a great uh, a great chat too. Look, you know, the thing with Ben Foster is immensely talented. We saw that penalty save against Notts County, really a, a title-winning save. That That is people's moment of the season. But we, we, we're looking at it, Gavin, we're thinking... With the Papa John's shot, I know you'd be able to rotate the keepers and, you know, all these games. Is League Two such a grind that at 40, you know, I mean, I don't want to say it would be too much for him because he's obviously supremely talented, but, you know, do you agree with some Wrexham fans that think, you know what, get in a young keeper and build build for the future or just try and get Ben Foster and get us out of League Two? Because really we're looking at, can we go straight through? We've seen it done before. You know, can we do it? Sure. Um, I mean, I think we've got to be fair to, to Ben Foster. He had that penalty save against North County, wasn't it? Um, mm. I mean, I think that there's possibly a bit of a risk going with the goalkeeper at 38. I mean, I, I've um, obviously been, with you being in the National League, I've not really had the chance to, to study you a lot sure. in too much detail. But I, sort of instinctively, I would say maybe keep Ben Foster on as a bit of a mentor or a bit of a goalkeeping coach and then make a, a marquee signing in goalkeeping position. Because what from what you said, you're maybe not going to need a whole load of signings, maybe another midfielder, I think. Um, so I would maybe look at having Ben Foster in as a bit of a goalkeeping coach and a mentor, someone to step in when required, and then maybe go for a, a marquee signing. Now, like I say, elsewhere, you, you, we're still going to have Paul Mullen, we're still going to have Ben Tozer, we're still going to have you know players like that that have got great pedigree, promotion-winning sure. pedigree. Tom O'Connor has been absolutely fabulous for us in, in, in recent really months. Like Tom was, O'Connor, was, yeah. You know, great at Burton and can play multiple positions. And Gillingham but, as well. He's done, and, and he's Gillingham, done well in the league. Right. And um, speaking of Gillingham, a friend of mine actually thinks they, they will be up there next season with with a budget that, that they can because they had a really poor start takeover yeah, and now they're, they, they're they've looking... got so they've got the Gallinsons who took charge in January and they've got some big plans they pulled off some coops in in January they got Timothy Dienko as player of the year for Exeter when they were in promotion last year so and since then their form has been brilliant so I think you're right to make that call that Gillingham will probably be in and around that top seven competing well, We've got some other ambitious Les Reed types in on Twitter that have been giving us some names they would like. I've seen you tweet about some of these, so it'd be good to get your thoughts on them as a player. So if we come up against them or we get them, you know, what are they like? So it is a few. Owen Moxon at Carlisle's got a lot of fans, you know, yeah. a lot of people have gone for him. And It'd be perfect was... for the Parkinson style, by the way, as well. And why do, why do you think that is? Because he's not um, his long-range passing is really good. He's not necessarily someone that... Um, passes sort of short and he's not really a conductor so much but he's got so much energy great technical ability and I think his long range passing kind of feeds into Parkinson's game plan more than maybe some of the other midfielders in League 2 so I can I, th- I, completely, I think you're completely right to, to bring him up as, uh, onto the shortlist So a lot of people brought him up another one who fired Northampton to promotion, this would be a very good sign you think, Sam Hoskins how good is he? 
yeah, Sam Hoskins is great. He's been very consistent for Northampton. I almost wonder if he'll um, he'll want to stay there because he's got such a long-held um, association with the club. I think he's been there seven or eight years. Um, and I think the chance to play for them in League One, excuse me, might be a factor. Um, but yeah, um, I think he's had a fantastic season. Great goal scorer, selfless runner, could link up play. Um so yeah, I can see why his name's being brought up for sure. And, and now, now we're getting into some. Now we're splashing some cash. Now these these fan, these Leslie types have got some money burning. Um, yeah, you know, I'll rattle off a few here. So we've got Alfie May at Cheltenham, who we know oh, Wrexham no, are interested obvious. in our fans of. Carlos Mendes Gomez at Luton. Um, Max Power at Wigan. You know that these are kind of players that a few years ago Wrexham wouldn't. I mean, even the conversation would be absurd. Uh, and now yeah. it feels like with the appeal. The Wrexham have it really feels like anyone is possible like you said about Paul Moyne a few years ago that was the real big one for us and now it feels like everyone else can I just follow. sort of flip this on you Nathan and ask you a question about how Wrexham kind of balance because I think when um when it comes to having so much money you're, you're automatically drawn towards going for these proven players players who've played at high levels or won promotion from the East League before but you also kind of want the balance of the profiles of the squad because if you go for too many um 28 plus year olds you know do you risk losing a bit of the youthful exuberance a bit of the fresh energy so do you want to make sure that like the balance of the profiles that you bring in this summer is uh, is the right one it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because ultimately, we just want to bring people in who will make us successful and get us out sure. of the league. But I think there was a lot of buzz at the end of the season, the back end of the season, of getting Ryan Barnett from Solihull. You know, an orthodox winger. He played at right wing back. He's 23. You've not got many wingers in the squad, have you? No, we've got Jacob Mendy at left wing back and they're kind of more defenders that, that like to get forward. Barnett is this real wing type. You know, he's not, yeah. not, not really a defender per se, but... You know, 23 at a good age bracket. If he can go through the leagues with us, Tom O'Connor's 24, good age sure. bracket. So I think there's, I mean, if we're being greedy, you'd like to get some of the top players 26 and under. That would be ideal yeah. because then you've got, not that you would want to sell, we don't want to be selling players, but they've got potential resale value. Sure. And, you know, people like... And they can Benz, grow with Exactly, the, with and, the and, grow, and grow with it. And that's why we think, you know, Tom O'Connor, I mean, what is more in 28? Got plenty of years yeah. left yet. I, but, I think, yeah. by the way, just I think just as a lesson from Salford, I think that's why Salford have, uh, took three years, well, took four years to get into the top seven, even though investment-wise they were comfortably a top seven budget, if not top three, for, for a lot of that time. Because I think they went, a lot of their recruitment went for... 28, 29, 30 plus, because they looked at players, what they had on their CVs. So I do think that you're right to mention, you know, can we look at the more um, 24 to 27 sort of age brackets, uh, players that have got previous, but also have the potential to grow with us. I think that's going to be, um, yeah, really important. Who, who have been the young players then that have stood out for you in the division in League 2? Who, who have kind of been the ones you've gone, yeah, they are mustard basically? So, uh, Junior Chamadu at Colchester has uh, had a fantastic season. He's a very uh, athletic uh, right wing back um, or right back who loves to get forward. He's good for a few goals as well. Um, talking the wing backs, Ryan Rydell at Stockport County has uh, has really impressed me. Moxon feels like a young player, even though he's probably more like 24 because he's quite new to the EFL. Before that, he was playing in the Scottish League too. 
Um, so yeah, I think there's been there's been a few young players that have um, really impressed me. So um, I think um, Ethan Bristow as well at Tranmere, I'd expect to potentially get some uh, get some higher offers. So uh, yeah, those would certainly be a, a few a few in there. And and what do you think? You know, if we're seeing with Wrexham, there's a lot of jealousy from other clubs, which is very normal. And you know, Wrexham are very popular and got got money to spend, and you know, people. For a while, we were kind of patted on the head that, you know, oh, it's all right, Wrexham, they're doing it the right way, and now everyone hates us, which is very funny to the fan base. But are you excited to, to see Wrexham back in? You know, if it is a Wrexham and Notts County or Wrexham-Chesterfield, both clubs have got rich pedigree, and it'll be exciting. There'll be two good additions that are going to go for it in, in the title race, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that I'd be really... If it is not... I hope Notts County come up, by the way, because I think they deserve to with their, their points tally... Um, I'd be interested to see who uh, who um, adjusts better to League Two because although I'd be really excited about what Wrexham can do with your budget and um, Phil Parkinson's obviously got a history of having done you know at uh, Bolton Wanderers he's won promotion at Bradford um, from this level before um, but I, I'd be I'd so, I, there's part of me that wonders whether Notts County if they came up might actually have a style that translates better to the level because they play um a lot more on the deck. Um I think they've got a coach in Luke Williams that I really like. So so that will be a curious one for me for sure. Yeah, I mean it will be. I mean they play a, a very, very high line and uh, when yeah. it works it works and when it doesn't, as it didn't against Wrexham, it uh well, it nearly did, I suppose the penalty. Um but you know, one of the key things as well, there's been a lot of chat chatter recently, as there is when you go up and Rob and Ryan have said they're aiming for the Premier League. I guess for, you know, there's lots of people who listen to this who are getting into to football and getting into it through Wrexham. You're obviously an expert on the EFL. How big are the, you've touched on it earlier, but how big are the steps in terms of if Wrexham are to invest heavily, get the right players, what sizes are these jumps to say get to the championship where Luton are right now? Well, I think first of all, I think National League to League 2, I don't think it's a huge jump. I think if you get the recruitment right, and you have a strategy where your playing style and who you bring in is aligned. So, for example, OK, I've made that point that I have about Knox County, but on the other hand, you look at football like Stevenage, for example, that they play pretty direct football, not dissimilar to yourselves, uh, and they've been able to get out of the league with, um, yeah, with probably a lesser budget than, than what you'll have. So I think it, it can be done. I think the most important thing is that the squad and the personnel that you've got is aligned with the style and I think if you've got that and you've got the budget and you've got the momentum and you've got that sort of uh, that mood in the fan base, I think you've got a lot going for you in terms of jump between the National League and League Two. I think that's manageable. I think League Two to League One is difficult. And I think where that catches teams out is if you lose um, more than one or two key personnel going from League Two to League One, that's where I think you come and stuck a little bit because you, the identity can come a bit muddled because you're playing um, a giant every other week. And if you then don't do the business in some of the games that you expect to take points from, all of a sudden it can become more of a dogfight. All of a sudden the identity goes to the back and it, it becomes just about staying up and then you can end up sort of circling the drain pipe a little bit. And that's kind of how League One can catch you out. Um, but I think just for now, in terms of National League to to, uh, to League Two, I think it's a manageable jump. I don't think it's a huge golf. Certainly not as big a jump as uh, League Two to League One is. 
No, and then well, as we've seen in, in the League One title race, if if in a year's time we're we're talking about that, and uh, you know, in terms of Wrexham getting to that Plymouth and and uh, you know, oh, just a, 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 a word more generally on the EFL. I mean, it's been a brilliant season, hasn't it? You know, in terms of EFL football, we've been on the outside looking in for many years. We're seeing Plymouth, we've seen Ipswich, you know, massive teams, and it's great that Wrexham have got huge aspirations to to kind of climb the ladders because, as you know, we've seen teams Swansea went up from League Two, and there are teams that have done it. You know, there are teams that have gone from League Two all the way up. And, you know, Wrexham have got to have that belief. And all I would say to people who listen to this, and I repeat this, it's not impossible, is it, Gab? Even though it's as difficult as it may be, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. Um, I think it's important, though, that you keep... um, You try and stay focused on the here and now because, you know, listen, you, you, you want to get into the top two divisions of English football. I think that's very realistic. But I think you've got to see that as very much a long-term ambition and what I think you don't want to, is to sort of um, tr- say we've got to do promotion, promotion, promotion because that's maybe not realistic. You need a sense of steady growth in order to uh, excuse me, in order to get there and um, yeah, I think that's going to be really important just to keep, keep expectations in check. A uh, sense of realism, Gab. There we go. Um, but before, I, I, I'm not going to put you on the spot now because we've got a lot, to, lot of time to go. Maybe we'll get you back on to kind of get your lead two predictions and, and when they're out. But sure, fat fancy Wrexham top seven. You think they'll be at least in the mix? Yeah, I think I would be very surprised if I if I come to put predicting my one to twenty fours and have Wrexham outside my top seven for next season. Um, I I'd expect you to be uh, in the mix for sure. But we'll see. We'll see we'll, who we'll you can see. bring in. We better not be your MK Dons this season, I'll tell you that much. Um, (laughs) But we'll see. Gab, absolute pleasure. So, Rich, that was great. I thought Gab was really, really interesting. And uh, as you said, he's got ideas of... I think after the recording finished, I actually had to put him straight a little bit because I know he doesn't follow the National League. He's, he's watching three divisions as it is. But in his head, I think he, he was remembering the Wrexham of old in terms of he kept referring to this direct style of Phil Parkinson. And I actually think we've evolved now to be quite um, a ball-playing side. You, know, you look at Elliot Lee, Andy Cannon, and I think we can knock it around with the best of them. Barnett, I don't think we are this long-ball diagonal team now. But it will be interesting in terms of our recruitment if we lean even more into kind of... Um, not so much tick attacker because I'm not expecting that, but also if we do sort of move away from this direct long ball, it'd be it'd be really interesting. And uh, in terms of recruitment, Rich, you were in on data, or we both were, with transfer targets, everything from Lionel Messi to Owen Moxon, Carlisle. Yeah, so again, another plug for Rob Ryan Red on the socials. This one was on Twitter. We uh, we asked the question of, of who you'd like Wrexham to sign this summer. We asked for one realistic addition and someone who would be more of a dream arrival. And yeah, we were inundated with so many names. I mean, it's going to be so difficult to actually go through them all right right now. And, you know, I think that, that like you said, there were common ones. I mean, Alfie May, he seems to be someone who occurs a lot. And I think he's certainly someone who who could be available. He said, you know, this week that he's going to leave Cheltenham at the end of the season. And yeah, M&M's, Mullen and May up front. Oh, and signed up that that I do. And also, Agent Bentoza, very good friends with Bentoza. Ben, I'm sure you don't listen, but if you do listen to the podcast, 
get texting, my friend. Get get schmoozing, and, and not it's it's the easiest sell in the world. You've just been dancing outside the Bellagio in one of the finest restaurants in Las Vegas in Spago with Rob McElhenney. Just just send Alfie Mason pictures. Send him a collage, mate. Make it on uh, make one of those picture collages and say, look, come join the gang for next season. And what a sign in that. I mean, Alfie May would be immense. I would be immense. I think he would be him and Mullen up top. Oh, stuff of dreams, mate. See, lots of people suggesting that you know this is this could be outdated quick, but maybe Ruben Rodriguez, if not, don't go up. He's out of contract at the end of the season. One of the best non-league players, although he had a stinker in their playoff semi-final. I I just think Elliot Lee does it in the big games, and Ruben Rodriguez doesn't quite click in the big games as much. So I'm not sure. I would want him. I mean, he'd be good to have on the bench, wouldn't he, if you've got to bolster your options, but maybe not as a starter. Lots and lots of uh, shouts for a new goalkeeper. Ben Foster, Chris Maxwell, both popular choices there. I think Chris Maxwell at, at Blackpool is a is an interesting one. Out of contract, he's a very good goalkeeper. Um, well, Rich, some, here's, here's a couple then, and you'll be able to shoot one down, I'm sure, so I'll leave that one to last. But we've had a couple of familiar names. Someone said, uh, Leo put, not someone, Leo said, I can't be the only one that would love to see Amari Patrick back at the race course, depending on whether Carlisle got promoted. Wasn't with us for long, was he? Um, it showed flashes in that spell. And another one, Ben has put Cole Stockton as a free agent, could be decent backup. Cole Stockton has been released by Morecambe. Not one I would imagine many fans would be eager to see back. No, I mean, I remember him scoring like a 93rd minute equaliser at Gateshead a few years ago. Yeah, that was, that, that, was, that was Cole Stockton's years? That was Cole Stockton's finest moment in the Wrexhamshire and there weren't many. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe not for me. I think, you know, for the choice between Alfie May or Cole Stockton, I think I know who my, who my answer is. Right, there, and Rich, here is one then. We, you know, we did want to get some dream signings. Yes, there were the inevitable shouts, Ronaldo, Messi. But here is one oh. from Reese. Thanks, Reese. before you jump back in, Reese. Thanks, Reese, for this message, Rich. This one can't come off, can it? Ahmad Diallo on loan. Surely not. Well, he's getting a chance at Man United this summer, so I, I cannot see what good it would be if he, he dropped from potential promotion from the Championship with Sunderland, where he's been their young player of the year, to come to Wrexham. That ain't going to happen, and he's a right winger. Is he going to start out of Ryan Barnett? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, he's had a very good season. He's had a very good season. Someone put, is Ollie McBurney realistic? Maybe I'm cutting my nose or spite my face. Don't think I'd want Ollie McBurney. I don't want a former Chester player. No, Those no, days thank gone. you. Um, who else? A lot of people saying, I trust Phil Parkinson, trust Les Reed. Um, Elizabeth Denman came up with Joe Allen, which I think, I'd love Joe Allen. Bring him back. He had that lower spell, didn't he? When we first Would dropped to Joe Allen back? Not yes. Yes, Not yes, 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 and yes. I'd love just one season. No, I'm, I'm going to say no to that, mate. You, you, we're going to have to have an argument in a negotiation meeting. Somebody put nobody. For the first time ever, I'm happy with the squad as it is. Harry, that is bold. Um, who else have we got here? Someone's put Louis Sibley. Um, Johnny Smith, bring him home. That would be quite something. That would be good, wouldn't it? Someone's put Alex Scott, Bristol City. Now, that would be hell of a bit of business. Premier League clubs looking at Alex Scott. Well, Premier League ha- clubs are looking at the person I was going to suggest, who's Kellen Fisher at Bromley. Who is being wow. scouted at the moment by, I think Brentford are looking at him and Wolves as well are looking at him. He, he's only 18 years old, plays for Bromley. He's more of a right winger though, but he is excellent, only 18 years old. Here's another one, Rich. This, that, look, they look doomed and could be dropping into the championship, Leicester City. 
and he's not getting game time. Someone has put, is there a way Wrexham could entice Danny Ward? I don't know. I mean, we can't rule anything out, can we? This is Wrexham after all, but I would be surprised. But then I was surprised with Ben Foster. I don't That's know. the thing. I think Ben Foster has just raised the bar a whole new le- level now. But Imagine Danny Ward. He is sort of Wales' number one. He's been playing in the Premier League this season. I think dropping another League Two at his age would maybe be a backward step. Okay, here's the question. Is there a player that we could get that, you know, we could realistically get that would actually surprise you and would actually be like, oh, wow, what a what a player that is? Or is it? have we gone past the point now where, you know, nothing would surprise you? It's, it is a tricky one on that aspect. But I, I don't, I mean, you're going to say someone like Messi would surprise me. That that would be a bit of a surprise, mainly because nah. the number ten nah. shirt is only taken. I don't know what he'd do. Nah. Like a thirty guy, I suppose. Well, but... apparently Antonella, his wife, is not keen on Saudi Arabia. I'm, look, the foothills of North Wales. I'm sure she'd absolutely love that. Glorious. It's yeah, it's a difficult one in terms of who would not be realistic. But you know, I think what what this sort of bottom line is that everyone sort of agreed on is in Parky we trust. His hit rate so far of signings has been pretty much flawless yes we've paid over the odds made for some players we've had to pay a bit more of a premium to get them dropped to the national league but we're in league two now you know we've got we're even more appealing club to join since there's promotion and why wouldn't you want to be a part of this rectum journey that's how we started this podcast off and why wouldn't you want to be part of it you know this summer there'll be lots of agents trying to link their players to rexham and it's mad now that when you go on sort of websites you see in the headlines that rexham are the main team being named sometimes when you link the player you look at alfie may all the newspaper headlines say Wrexham linked Alfie May. It's, it's crazy because we are such an exciting project for players to join. And like we said, I think whatever our recruitment is, it's the recruitment of a League One team. We have to be buying players who are good enough for League One and for the Championship because that's the ambition going forward. And yeah, I don't know what would surprise me. That's the challenge to you. If you're listening to this, Sean Harvey, if you listen to this, uh, the everyone else who decides on the transfers, Go out there and surprise us. Yes. See what you can pull off that would... I think Paul Mullen surprised me at the time. That was, that was a holy bleep. We've signed the top scorer from League Two. And given we'd had so many striker woos, that, you know, we, we've got such a... If you look at that, those 274 players, you're not going to find many strikers that were good for us on there. So Mullen was one. Since then, it's been tricky. I, I, you know, I, I can't say I was... I was completely stunned at Elliot Lee. I hadn't really followed him, known much about him. He's obviously been brilliant. But let's see. Let's see if they can blow our socks off with um, with somebody. Parky's got his time away, his golf trip. I do wonder what uh, Parky's handicap is. Who's better out of parking? Parky. Aidan Davison, I wonder if he's a good golfer. Uh, Owen Jackson, all the, all the staff. Um, Dave Jones, maybe. Um, but yeah, Rich, uh, much like I would say to Parky and his staff, Enjoy the trip. Rich, I'm going to say to you, enjoy your two weeks away from me. Enjoy Japan. You can have a blast. I can't wait to hear all about it. The podcast will live on without you as it did for me when I was away. Um, are you excited, though? You should be. Look look forward to it. Yeah, looking forward to it. I'm just hoping that the quality of the podcast drops off a cliff without me. I'm, <laughs> I'm hugely missed, but no, you'll, you'll smash it. And yeah, thank you very much to, um, to all of you who listen every week. I, I'll probably be quite quiet on the socials for for the next fortnight or so but yeah we'll be back in a blast to, towards the end of the month to look back at what has happened and look ahead to to what lies ahead this summer as well it's a very exciting one we've got pre-season we've got the new season as well new faces and like I said we'll probably have the retained list on, on the next podcast thank you so much as always for joining us on Rob Brian Red the Rexham podcast 
brought to us in association with Red 10. Shout out as well to Wrexham-based band Hypnotic for letting us use their music, The Stings, in the podcast. As always, you can get in contact with us on all the socials and on robryanred.com, the contact button there, if you did want to get in touch about writing something for the website. And yeah, take care. See you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.